Punky peeps, Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Today I'm going to be covering Season 4, Episode 9, entitled See You in Court, which aired on May 9th, 1988. When Henry teaches Mrs. Johnson how to drive, mutual lawsuits result because of an accident. The judge hears contradictory testimony from both of them. Is that usually how it goes? I'm sure it does. This this episode is just going to be crazy, I feel, because she already knows how to drive. We've heard her drive. Even from one of the, the last episodes of season three, she was like, Margo, come on, I'll take you home. I'm sure she's got a car and she was driving, so... At this point, I guess the writers really didn't care for continuity. All right, so we open up the episode with Brandon actually is the one at the typewriter. Is he writing on his, uh, he's writing his memoirs, his masterpiece, his bestseller? Because Punky's pretty much just on the couch flipping through a book. Oh, he's actually writing a letter to the editor of what, the newspaper? So, Henry comes in with a small dish with cookies on it and a big glass of milk that he sets down on the coffee table. And Punky's like, hey, can you check Brandon's spelling and everything for his little uh, commentary review that he's sending out to uh, the editor of, I guess it's a newspaper regarding something about dogs in the Middle East. But I'm going to play this clip. Dear sir, regarding your recent article on the Middle East, your reference to Yasser Arafat as a mad dog has gotten this canine very ticked off. I demand you put a stop to this kind of Bowser bashing. Perfect spelling. And very biting commentary. So, Cherry and Betty come in with good news. Um, the sad thing is, one of the patients that Betty kind of looked after for years and t- had taken care of had passed, and he left her one of his favorite cars. And this is where we get the thing where apparently Betty doesn't know how to drive, which is garbage because she knows how to drive. I've ranted and raved raved about this because she's known how to drive for the last three seasons and all of a sudden she doesn't know how to drive. Writers, what are you doing? I know it's the last season. I know we're halfway through season four, but come on. This is just lazy writing. Actually, Betty says, you know, I I haven't seen the car, but I could probably sell it and, you know, buy myself a new sofa. All right. So, Punky's all like, well, why don't you just keep the car? And she looks at Punky and Cherry like, you girls know I don't drive. I sit. And then Henry kind of starts in, well, do you you know it's about time you learned how to drive? (sighs) Drive. He's the best driver I know. <laughs> well, I don't mean to brag, 
but I did receive the Department of Motor Vehicles' highest honor, the Order of the Crosswalk. Perhaps I might be willing to give you driving lessons. Okay, um, well, now I'm kind of reconsidering my ranting about this. Maybe all along she hasn't had a license, and maybe she just takes the bus to get to her job. I mean, as, as Cherry says, you know, wouldn't it be easier just to drive than to just take the bus everywhere? So did she, like, take Margo home by a, a bus or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, this is Chicago. I can imagine it's probably easier to get where you need to go if you're on a bus versus trying to fight that Chicago tribe. I don't know if they're downtown Chicago. They might be in a residential area of Chicago or something, but still, you know, she's like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. And of course, Henry uses a little reverse psychology, like, you know what, you're too old to learn to drive, your eyesight's shot, your reflexes are completely off, and I doubt the seatbelt would even fit around you. And she's like, ah, da, 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 da. you know what, change my mind. All right, you can teach me how to drive. Now in the next scene, I don't know, where are the girls at? The basement? I've never seen this area before. It looks like it's a basement. So, Betty takes them down to the basement area, garage, whatever, to show them this car. This car is bigger than a boat, it looks like. I mean, it is a huge long car, like a Cadillac or whatever, that actually has the longhorn horns on the front of the grill of the the car. It's kind of a an off-white cream color, and... Henry can't believe his eyes. Like, good golly. Can only imagine how much that car would cost to maintain. We even get an interior shot of the inside of the vehicle. It's got a horse saddle in the back seat that's kind of in between the two front seats, kind of in the the divider there. It kind of meets it there. I'm not sure what that's supposed to be. It's covered in, like, silver dollars. And the upholstery is, like, leather, but it's, like, carved patterns in the leather. leather. So it's probably, like, cowhide or something like that. It's just really... It's a fancy-looking car. That would be worth money. I bet you could get more than $300 for that car, because that car is whoa. And I don't really know jack about cars as far as anything under the hood or 
any any price as far as how much these things would be valued at and stuff. I don't know that stuff. There is even on the hood of the car, there is a decorative, is that a horse or a bull on the front? Straight down the middle. And then on either side, which I think would be illegal, there's silver handguns on either side just above, you know, it's on the hood just above where the um, the headlights would be. I'm like, and, you know, there's horseshoes. It's very, very decorative. I'm like, my God, those would not be allowed. I know there's just, you know, fixtures on there, but still. Oh, uh, there's six shooters, I guess Punky refers to them. There's even some on the door handles. And a rifle kind of on the back embedded. Kind of, it's like, this thing is really flashy. So the girls get, um, getting in the car. Sherry gets in the passenger seat. Punky's kind of riding in the back, sitting up on the back. And she's like, hey, Grandma, can we go for a ride? And... Betty's like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. Oh, she's raring to, like, oh, get behind the wheel and actually drive the vehicle. say Henry want to hop in let's get let's get this car out there on the road and of course Henry's like whoa 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 Betty um we need you to learn the basics first before you can even get out on the road so she hasn't even really been in a vehicle so he's like upstairs we will learn the basics you know gas brake you know stick shift if it has one so upstairs in the apartment they got two chairs sitting side by side they got the couch and the carpet pulled back to make room for this, I don't see why she couldn't just practice in the car with it off. That way she'd be more familiar with where everything is. Because once you teach her up th upstairs, you'll have to move back downstairs in to sit in the car and get familiar with where the gas is, where the lights are, where the defrost, where all that stuff is. And you know that Henry is usually, the, seems like the type that if you don't know something and he's going to be the one to teach you, he is going to lord that over you and hold that over you. Like, I'm the one that knows more than you about this. I'm teaching you, so you're going to be doing everything my way, regardless of whether it's by the book or not. Yeah. Because Henry is pretty much the straight, buttoned-up type that is all... No nonsense by the rules. Now pay attention. This succotash is the brake. <laughs> this zucchini is the clutch. Zucchini. And this can of beans is the. Don't tell me. The gas. <laughs> the accelerator. Now get in the car. Just made your first mistake. What did I do? 
He walked right through the car door. Fasten your seatbelt. teaching her where she's sitting in the passenger seat chair and he's in the driver's seat he's got three can different cans one is succotash i'm not sure exactly what that is, is that a vegetable um one is beans and one is something else and he keeps referencing them oh you have to hit the beans the beans being the accelerator or in her term you know the gas and everything like that and it's just like it's like First, you know, and the plunger, I guess, is the, um, the shifter or something, the clutch and everything. I just think that would have went a lot easier if he would just get in the car with her that way. But the thing is, she doesn't have her license. She, you know, taking driver's training and all that stuff. Before you even think about getting behind the... I mean, did he take her out into traffic and just say, have at it? You can't do that. You will get into an accident. And she's an unlicensed driver. She finally gets frustrated and fed up. She's you know what? Enough of this. I'll take the bus. You're not helping me. So in the next scene, I'm guessing there was an accident because Henry comes charging into the apartment with Punky and Cherry in tow carrying some type of... Um, whether it's pieces of the car, I'm not sure. And he's saying how Betty could have killed us. What happened? So, Punky's like, take it easy, Henry. Henry's like, uh, excuse me? She drove into a tree. As Betty comes in carrying the, the bull horns um, grill ornament thing. It's like, what in the world? So she destroyed that car. Oh, Betty, you could have gotten money for that car. So the girls are not only holding pieces of the leather seats, but they're also holding, like, Punky's got one of those six-shooter guns in her hand, which was probably, like, a hood ornament. And Henry's like, I told you to, you know, you hit the succotash, I told you to hit the beans, which the succotash was, what, the ga the, the brake or something? It's like, no, you lose the analogies when you're behind when she's behind the wheel you say gas brake gas brake clutch what have you you don't keep referring it to the cans that you were using in the apartment she's not going to know what that means so i think it's also partly henry's fault that she got into an accident 
So I'm going to play this clip of them yelling, Betty and Henry yelling at each other, which leads them to end up in court. Because Betty's like, you're paying for my car and the damages for it. I'll sue you. And Henry, of course, is like, you'll sue me? I'll take you to court. say I'll see you in court and Betty leaves Henry huffs off to his room while Punky and Cherry are standing in the living room looking confused and we see Brandon pop up in the kitchen in the uh the doorway holding a sign that says get a lawyer I love how they're including Brandon they're making him more human than what he is you know responding to his barking like he's talking and him typing on the typewriter and all that stuff all right, now we get a courtroom scene. Dang, we haven't been in a courtroom since, what, season one, episode three, when uh, uh, Henry's trying to get custody of Punky to keep her out of Fenster? So the judge kind of goes over the cases, and you're suing him, he's suing you. They're both wearing neck braces. Come on, you guys are fine. This is not going to do well for their friendship, or for Punky and Cherry, if you think about it. Because they got to put up with having to listen to this. So, Betty's suing Henry for 1500 for um, the damage to the car. And she says, Mr. Warnemont, you're suing Mrs. Johnson for $15 million? And she's like, whoa, what? That is absurd. I would have thrown that case out. Like, oh, no, 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 no. But then again, I'm not a judge. <laughs> I want to play this clip because this is crazy. Henry Warnemont versus Betty Johnson. Betty Johnson versus Henry Warnemont. Each of you is seeking damages from the other stemming from an automobile accident. Is that correct? Yes, yes Your Honor. <laughs> Mrs. Johnson, you're suing Mr. Warnemont for $1,500? That's right. Mr. Warnemont, you're suing Mrs. Johnson for $15 million? Oh, 
So, of course, the judge reminds Henry because he asked for $15 million. She's like, this is small claims court. The most that you can collect is $1,500, which is what Betty asked for. So, she at least knew how much to ask for. Which, I don't think is a bad amount. I mean, she's paying for the damage to that car. So, Betty pretty much says, you know, Henry was distracting me and everything and screaming at me. And Henry's like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't doing that at all. I only said one word a few times, which was help. And it's just like, Betty's getting frustrated. She actually stands up ready to punch Henry in the face. And, of course, the judge is like, because they're both wearing neck braces. The judge is like, Mrs. Johnson, your neck. And that's when Betty's like, oh, yeah, I have this on my neck. Ah, like, uh, no. Judge Judy would have seen it clear through, like, all of this. She would have, like, this is stupid. I'm dismissing this case. I can only hope this is what the judge does, because this is ridiculous. Of course, I think it's funny how Punky and Cherry are taking bets um, while sitting in the uh, their seats and everything, saying, like, I bet Henry... Punky's like, I bet Henry is going to win this, because he's got a great way with words. Of course, Henry has to make a sexist comment about, of course you were nervous you were a woman, which women in, in the other seats are just aghast. Like, excuse me? What did he just say? Yeah. Henry, you gotta watch your words. Not to mention, the judge is also a woman. So, come on now. Of course, he realizes his mistake. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean... But So, the judge is just like, ugh, let's just proceed with this. She has Betty take the stand first and does remind her that she is, in fact, under oath. And Betty's like, oh, I always tell the truth. It's him you gotta look out for. So Betty kind of gives a breakdown of how Henry kind of taught her the basics in the apartment. and But the thing is, when they got behind the wheel and everything and out onto the street, things got very, very different. And he changed into a completely different person. So now we're getting her version of what happened. And then eventually Henry's going to take the stand and you see his version. So we got Henry dressed up like a general. So, it's just him and Betty. The girls are nowhere to be found, yet they were in the car with them or when it actually happened. So, they're in the car. Henry is still dressed up like a general, shouting, barking commands at her, like, left, right, faster, slower, blah, blah. It's like, she is so... <coughs> so, Betty in this fantasy or this dream sequence, this whatever sequence in her mind of what happened... Henry is a general. He's barking commands at her. She's freaking out. She's nervous. And then all of a sudden she hits a tree. So is Henry supposed to be a, a German soldier or something? So we come out of that little sequence as the judge is like, thank you, Mrs. Johnson. And the judge even rolls her eyes like she is not even believing a word of this. You know, I got to point out, uh, Cherry Johnson's hair is actually all in braids. It's very, very nice. I don't think I've ever seen her hair like this before. As Punky's kind of looking at Cherry confused, like, um, I don't remember that happening at all. Because, like I said, they were in the car. Why don't you get the girls up on the stand to say what happened? So, uh, the judge tells Henry to come take a, a seat, take the stand. He's got a folder with him, so I don't know if that just estimates 
itemizing the damage, whether to his body or to the vehicle or what have you. But hopefully he'll explain that. Okay, so he does show her evidence. So what is this picture of the car or the tree? He's showing her that order of the crosswalk thing. And she's like, what is this? I don't understand. Like, this has nothing to do with the case. Why am I looking at this? So she just closes the folder and says, please, Mr. Warnemont, just continue with your testimony, please. Oh, of course he's going to flirt and say, oh, might I add, you are a striking, beautiful woman. Well, Henry, um, you could, couldn't they find you in contempt of court or something to that degree if you, like, make a comment like that? Henry, you got to stop with these comments on the women. That's not cool. Because he's like, black is definitely your color. And she's just looking at him and frowning like, just get on with the story. Cherry is making bank on these bets that uh, Punky is placing. <laughs> As Punky is just like, Cherry's just got her hand extended like, okay, come on. Put another dollar in the palm here. You're losing this bet. Okay, they should have done something with George Gaines's eyebrows. They are, like, got little tips on the ends. Like, trim them up. They're really fuzzy looking. And just, like, they're just wild, just out of control. Like, trim those eyebrows. So, Betty is all dressed up. Really nice. Red hat. Red beads. Kind of, um, necklace of beads hanging down her neck. Past her, uh, you know, down to her... Uh, stomach. Uh, she, she's really dressed up nice. And she's all, and it's got this flouncy, weird, like, music just playing in the background. And it's just, it's just a, Henry, what are you trying to do? This is just weird. Henry's trying to play it off like he's the, uh, like, oh no, Betty, do you remember everything I taught you? And she's like, oh yeah. Uh, get behind the wheel and floor it. And she mentions, like, hey, let's go play chicken. And he's like, uh. he's He's acting so tentative. Like, oh, poor me, poor me. Like, come on, Henry. You are nothing like that. Oh, and we see some sailor guy come down. That's great. Of course, she's got to make a joke about, hey, let's you and I go AWOL. And then he just, the guy just, like, turns and, like, no, thank you. And she's like, oh, I'm only looking for a few good men. How funny, because that movie wouldn't come out until, what, the early 90s with Tom Cruise? Yeah. So, in his version, out they're out on the road, and Betty's like, I can do this drive with my eyes closed, because this is so easy. And she actually takes her hands off the wheel as Henry grabs the wheel. Trying to study it. Like, what in the world? So Henry makes a comment like, oh, we're going to hit that tree. And and he's like, hit the brake. And then he mentions succotash, which I guess that was probably true, that whole thing about him calling the brake succotash or whatever. So, uh. and I don't know, Betty's trying to, like, jump into the back just as he's coming out of this uh, dream, like, uh, his own version of the story sequence here. And he's like, oh, that is exactly what happened, Your Honor. No, get the girls on the stand. They know what happened. They were in the car. Because both Betty and Henry leave out the fact that the girls were in the car with them. Oh, my God. I would have thrown him in jail. He just called the judge an imbecile. Only an imbecile would rule in her favor. Henry, you are going to be looking at hard time, guy. 
You do not talk to a judge that way. She could arrest you just on that fact alone. And, of course, Punky Hands. Cherry, another dollar who's sitting there with her hand outstretched in Punky's face. Like, All right, another buck. Pay up. And the judge is like, okay, I think we've heard enough from you, Mr. Warnamont. Please take your seat. And Cherry's like, oh, no, let him keep talking. And she holds up her three $1 bills. <laughs> yeah, because Cherry wants to get rich. So as Henry steps down, he calls Betty a floozy. She calls him a Nazi. Oh, my God. This is, oh, my gosh. Even the judge is like, what is it with you two? But she's like, okay, I'm under having a little difficulty here understanding these vegetable references. So I want to play this clip because she's like, was there a produce market somewhere that was involved in this crash as well? And Betty's pretty much explaining, like, no, actually, the succotash was the gas and this and that and everything like that. Johnson are speaking, just wouldn't feel 
friendship like yours is just too hard to replace. You mustn't let one unfortunate incident destroy it. <laughs> you mean the way you're letting one incident destroy your friendship with Mrs. Johnson? <laughs> yes, I see what you mean. I do regret having let this thing get so far out of hand. I'm going to... Uh, uh, apologize. Consider it parked. We're good friends. Too good to let a silly argument come between us. Yes, I know. Don't I... interrupt when I'm trying to apologize. <laughs> Henry, I'm real sorry. So am I, Betty. Tell you what, I'll split the cost of repairing your car. That's awfully decent of you, Henry. And I'll pay the full cost of sending you to driving school. <laughs> Did you use the I'll have to find a new best friend line too? Yep. Worked like a charm. So yeah, I mean as you heard in the clip, the girls get on the stand, they tell exactly what happened. And the judge pretty much said, all right, this case is closed. I've, I've heard more than enough. She's like, I think if you two take off those silly neck braces, you guys can solve this yourselves. All right? I'm out. And so Betty and Cherry kind of head out the door. And Betty's like, this is such a waste of time. Cherry, of course, is like, not for me. I made out great. I got $3 here. And... Punky kind of goes with uh, Henry about, hey, looks like I'm going to have to find a new best friend, you know, with you and Mrs. Johnson fighting everything. It just wouldn't feel right to stay friends with Cherry. And, of course, Henry is like, no, 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 don't don't stop being friends with her on, on my account. I mean, I, I, that's hard to replace a friendship as good as yours and Cherry's. So, um... And, you know, he's like, I may have embellished a little. And Punky's like, I think you embellished a lot. And Betty and Cherry come back. Betty apologizes. Henry says, I'll take care of the car, the repairs. I'll also pay for you to go to driving school. And they're, you know, good friends again. They don't want to ruin, they, you know, they don't want to ruin their friendship either. So they walk off. Punky and Cherry are like, Punky's like, hey, did you use the whole us not being friends thing anymore on your grandma? And Cherry's like, yeah, I did. Worked like a charm. And they slap high five and they sling their arms around each other's shoulders and they walk out of the courtroom. And that is pretty much the episode. So apparently Betty's going to get her driver's license and take driver's training and all that fun stuff. Good. Learn with a professional. Definitely. I mean, I was talking to Jeremy downstairs about this, about this whole thing. Like, oh, I thought she had her driver's license. And then I kind of thought about it. You know, the girls were giving good reasons as to why she probably wouldn't have it. As in, she probably takes the bus to get to the hospital and everything like that. Henry pretty much is, you know, always having to drive around, you know, Betty and everything. <laughs> and the fact that, you know, Betty had been married for a while. So maybe she didn't feel she had to learn because she was a stay-at-home you know, housewife and everything like that. 
And, you know, also being in Chicago, it's probably easier to get on a bus to get or a taxi or whatever to get where you're going than to have to try to attempt to drive in Chicago and fight all that traffic. Uh, this episode was okay. I'm going to rate it. I'm going to rate it a 2 out of 5, honestly. This was not a favorite. This was... The dream sequences, or their versions of the story, kind of lowered the rating. Both Henry's and Betty's. And, um... The whole thing with him... Her, or Henry teaching her to drive upstairs via the cans of vegetables, and then putting that into... The lesson in the actual car was ridiculous. I really liked Brandon at the beginning of the episode with the typewriter. That was cool. I liked uh, the little bets that Punky and Betty or Punky and Sherry were placing was kind of funny. Also, the whole thing was, you know, Punky saying, well, I'll have to find a new best friend now. I liked that tactic and the fact that Sherry uses the same thing on her grandmother. You know, as far as for Punky's principles, you know, I'm sure we all remember as teenagers when we first learned how to drive, it was probably, I mean, you have your official driver's training and everything and road tests, but, I mean, if you probably had, like, a parent, like, take you out to an empty parking lot somewhere and just kind of have you learn the ropes, I kind of drove around a little bit with my dad's car just, um, because we had, a, like, a acre or two of land, so I was just kind of driving around um, in the, in the, uh, the backyard a little bit. It wasn't fenced in or anything, but I was just kind of practicing that way. And, of course, I officially learned how to drive, um, you know, through driver's training and everything. And I honestly think it's better to probably have a professional, somebody who is trained to do the proper ways of how to drive, rather than, you know, like how Henry was having her learn upstairs with those vegetables and everything and he was actually sitting in the seat explaining this does this this does that tell me blah 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 and it's like she wasn't I honestly thought it would have been better if he would have went and just did that in the car itself so she can familiarize herself with what everything does because you don't just you know you got your clutch. I've never used a clutch at all in my life. I don't ever intend to. Automatic all the way for me. Um, you know, you got your brake, you got your gas. You also, you have your turn signals. You have your headlights. You got your uh, other instruments and, you know, your brights and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So, let's talk about the other, uh three episodes we'll I'll be uh, discussing this week. All right, for Tuesday, we have season four, episode 10, entitled Radio Days, which aired on May 10th, 1988. Punky, Cherry, and Margo perform a radio drama. And this has a Wonder Years alum, Jason Hervey. In season three, we had Wonder Years alum, alumni, Allie Mills, who played um, Joey... Whatever's name. <laughs> it's last name. Uh, Joey's uh, mother. And, oh, there's a Mr. Bowen in this episode. No relation. <laughs> Ryan Rushton. Also, okay, so these boys are the Goobler brothers. 
And I guess there's like a contest to who does the best radio drama on the radio. You win a contest to go, I don't know, Disney World or something. I'm not entirely sure. But the Googler Brothers have done this uh, competition or contest. They win, it seems like, almost every single year. But they do the same thing with the baseball game and the brother's dying in the hospital and he, he wants his brother to catch a game, uh, catch a ball, a foul ball or something and have it signed by the team or something like that. And I guess it, it goes over really, really well. So the girls are a little hesitant, like these guys win every year. We don't really have a chance, but they come up with something really, really creative. Okay, so season four, episode 11, entitled Aunt Larnice is coming to town. That is going to be Thursday. That aired on May 11th, 1988. Betty's sister, Larnice, a world-famous singer, she's like a lounge singer, asks Cherry to come live with her in France. Makes zero sense because, spoiler alert, which I'll get into when I cover the episode, she was going to put... Cherry in a boarding school. Really? So you take her away from her grandmother and everything she knows, you just pop her in a boarding school. That is a bunch of garbage. All right, Saturday, season four, episode 12, entitled Dear Diary, which aired on May 12th, 1988. While Henry tries to throw out souvenirs he has collected over the years, why are you throwing them out? There are pawn shops. Take them to pawn shops. You can probably get money. Don't chuck them in the trash. Unless he did try to take them and the pawn shops rejected them. Should have went to Pawn Stars on that reality show. <laughs> Punky tries to read Cherry's diary. Punky, you gotta stop being a Snoopy Snoop, girl. No one likes a Snoopy Snoop for a friend. Ezra accidentally goes out with the garbage. Why? Punky and Margo search the dumpster to try to find it. Margo in a dumpster? <laughs> okay. How did you convince her to go dumpster diving with you, Punky? Because that I want to know. We know Margo. We, she know she's prim. She's proper. She's clean. She turns her nose up at dirt. I want I'm looking forward to seeing how Punky convinces her to go dumpster diving with her. To get that diary back. So a lot of fun craziness. We actually do get to see Betty and Cherry's apartment. Which is awesome. Because we have I don't believe we've ever seen it before. Alright let's say hey to some Punky Power listeners. We got Reno, Nevada. Brooklyn, New York. Spain. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Toronto, Canada. Miami, Florida. London, United Kingdom. Traverse City, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. Franklin, North Carolina. Fredericton, Canada. Saudi Arabia. Graysonville, Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland, Mountain View, California. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Sunday. Enjoy the few hours we have left of this weekend, and then it's back to the work week. I think kids are out of school for the rest of the summer. I'm not entirely sure, but, uh, I mean, it pays me no, never mind. I mean, <laughs> I don't have any kids. <laughs> anyway, okay, guys, um, I will be back Tuesday with the Radio Days episode. Is that right? Yep, I was just, ch I got my calendar here. I'm finally putting my Stranger Things calendar to use for June. I got all my episodes laid out of all the podcasts that I'm doing and everything. So, alrighty. Bye-bye.